fighting for freedom every day. They are absolutely desperate to pretend the last four years never happened and for them to go back to what they like to do before, which is create these massive spending bills to pretend that it's really, really important to you when you only get about 5% of what's in the bill and they can't do it because we're aware of it. We're paying attention to it and they don't like that. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. So I got to be honest, I'm a little offended right now as I've just... As we were going on to the show, leading up to getting everything going, trying to get everything live for the program, I realized that The Intercept has released the entire Facebook list of organizations and individuals that have been deemed dangerous on social media, dangerous individuals and organizations. Now, some of them looking on here are legitimate. They're like terrorist organizations. Why they even tried to open up a social media account doesn't make any sense. But According to TheIntercept.com, experts say the public deserves to see the list a clear embodiment of U.S. foreign policy priorities that could disproportionately censor marginalized groups. And I have to admit I'm a little offended. The Voice of Reason or the Hoosier Media Network is not on that list of dangerous organizations to social media and to Facebook. I should probably be happy. I really should. But I'm a little offended. Now... I will say that we had, what, like 5,000 followers or so on social media on Facebook, and then we've lost some with the shadow banning and the lack of content that's allowed to be put out there. Our video stream and the hits on video stream for the, the people that watch on Facebook every day go down every day just because no one sees it and it's hard to find it. So I get it. So I'm not quite banned on there yet, but we're not on the list. You're not unless I'm a little offended by that. Hey, welcome into the show. It's the Voice of Reason broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station all over the country. Multiple radio stations, TV stations, live streaming, and podcasting. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Your Millennial General reports for duty like we do every day. Bottom of the hour. Excited to have on the program. We do our monthly interview with Congressman Bob Latta out of the 5th Congressional District of Ohio. I don't know if you remember seeing the headlines or not, but he was the second uh, congressional member in Washington, D.C. to test positive for COVID after getting the COVID-19 vaccine. So he was the second breakthrough case in Washington, D.C. He has recovered from that. He Luckily, he didn't have any symptoms. All's good. We'll talk about that in a little bit at the bottom of the hour when we chat with Congressman Bob Latta. So looking forward to that one. I have a question, and I have a bit of a predicament here. I don't know how to respond to this. I get home last night, and Mrs. Voice of Reason, Little Voice of Reason are there. Mrs. Voice of Reason, a little upset. And she goes, we need to talk. And I say, okay, what's going on? And apparently, last week, so Little Voice Reason has a spelling test every Friday. We study, they give us the they, they give us the words, we study on it all week long, and we we study and then prepare her for the test on Friday. She didn't do terribly too well, which I'm not quite sure because we quizzed her over and over and over again, and she did really well. She knew all of them front and back. I mean, she she nailed it. When Whenever we quizzed her, even after Friday when she got home from school and she said she didn't have the test results with her, so we quizzed her. She got them right. It was all great and hunky-dory. Didn't do too well. Missed, I don't know, three or four of them, whatever. The other issue, though, was that there was a math test where she did not do well at all either now she's like me i am a math person i was horrible at reading i was horrible at writing i was horrible at spelling but by golly i could do math problems and that's the way my brains always work she's been kind of that mindset as well she struggles more with writing but she can do a math problem and she's been rocking the math all the way up until now and she's starting to struggle a little bit and i don't understand why so we sat down with her last night 
And I was trying to talk to her. What's going on? What are you doing? Are you getting it? Are you understanding it? Apparently, there's a kid that's like bothering her that sits next to her. Uh, so whatever reasons. I grabbed the math test. And I look at this. Now, remember, she's in second grade. For those that don't listen to the program a whole lot or maybe new to the program, my little daughter, she's seven years old. She's in second grade right now. So she's a little bit on the younger side of the second graders, but she's second grade nonetheless. And she's been doing great. So we haven't really worried about it. But she started She started to slip a little. Not, I mean, she missed four questions on the math test. In a grand scheme of things, not too terribly bad. But for us, where we're perfectionists, by golly, if you miss one, okay, you need to be acing these damn things. <laughs> I know that's the way I grew up. That's the way I did mine. I was really weird about that stuff. I graduated with, I don't know, a 3.8% GPA. Um, so I wasn't quite at the 4.0, but I was close and I was happy with that. So, you, you know, you don't need all of the book learnings, but you need a little bit of the book learnings, especially at second grade, which my second grade was awesome. I love second grade. But they're doing math in a very weird fashion. And I think this is the onset of the, uh, the what is it, the common core math. Because I didn't quite understand it. I was looking at it, trying to understand what was going on. And they're starting to do triple digits and doing math and uh, doing addition and subtraction with the triple digits. And when you do the subtraction, obviously to borrow from your neighbor and, you know, do the whole thing to do the math problem. But there was another part of it on there that just didn't make any sense to me. And that's the part that she was struggling with. And I, I need some advice. I don't know whether I should be really mad at her. Or whether I should be a little bit lenient because of this common core stuff. What they're doing, which I have never heard of this before, is called the bar model, the math bar model. So you have a total, and it's a simple, you know, uh, simple problem of, you know, Bob has 50 pencils and he gives 10 pencils to Jill and he gives 20 pencils to June. And how many does he have left? So it's an obvious to take the grand number and you you subtract them. I know Joe Biden would have a very difficult time in this math problem. I get it. So we're going to try and break it down for the lower part of the class here. <laughs> that is the Joe Biden follower and Joe Biden himself. So you have the multiple, you know, you have the 50, you take away the 10, take away the 20, boom, you have your final number. This is how many you have left, which is very simple, very easy. It's easy to do. It's easy to learn. But then they had this bar model. So they have to show their work for the multiple, for the addition or the subtraction. But then they have to do this bar model, which are these boxes. And there's two row of boxes, and you separate the boxes based on how many you give away. And then the bottom box is supposed to be the total with all of them. And I don't understand why we're doing this. I get you're trying to show, hey, you're taking out of 50, you're taking 10 here, and you're taking 20 here. So there's two boxes of the 10 and the 20. And then the third box of how many you have left, and all those added together is the bottom box that is 50. But that's really stupid. Is that not just a waste of time? You already understand if you're doing the subtraction problem that you have 50 and then you take the 10 away and then you take the 20 away and then you have 20 left because that's how many you have. So you can understand the process by doing these subtraction processes. Why are you putting things into boxes beside that called a bar model? I don't understand why we're, I don't remember doing this. Maybe you remember doing it. And if you can, you can leave a comment on the social media. You can email me, who's your media network at gmail.com. I think that is a waste of time and it's stupid. So now I feel kind of bad because I got really angry with her for missing these math problems because she knows this stuff. She knows how to do multiplication, not multiplication. She knows how to do addition and subtraction. She knows these problems. She knows how to borrow from the neighbor when doing the subtraction, when the number at the bottom is bigger than the number on the top and to borrow from the next one over. She knows how to do those things. 
but she's messing up on the bar model for whatever reason, and it's just a stupid other representation of what problem you've already done. So do I get mad at her about that? Because obviously it's part of the grade. You have to know it. Do I tell her, you know, don't worry about that. It's stupid anyways. Or do I say, you know, that's what your teacher wants you to do. You got to figure out how to do it. But then am I buying into the whole common core garbage where we're wasting our time and repeating ourselves with the same problem that doesn't need to be done? All you got to do is show the math, put the number on top minus the number on the bottom. Here's what you get. Do another uh, do another uh, subtraction. And there you go. Boom. There's your final answer. Why are you messing with this graph or this box or this bar on the other side that's just repeating the same work over? I'm conflicted. Do we talk to the school? Is that going to do any good? Do we talk to the teacher? Is that going to do any good? But what's the solution moving forward? Because we're about trying to make things efficient, or at least we're supposed to be about trying to make things efficient, and we don't necessarily do the best job of it, but we try. For example, if we understood the efficiency of basic math, we could try to figure out some of these financial problems in the country, could we not? CNBC shows that a record 4.3 million workers quit their jobs in August. Okay, they quit their job. That means they're not in the workforce anymore. Try to follow along with this math problem for just a second, shall we? Employment vacancies fell to 10.44 million during the month, dropping 659,000 from July's upward revised 11.1 million. So unemployment fell, employment vacancies fell, but yet we had a record number of people leaving their jobs. The job posting rate as a percentage of the workforce fell to 6.6% in August from the uh, 7% back in July. That level was just 4.4% a year ago. Uh, however, quits hit a new series high as well, dating back to December of 2000, as 4.3 million workers left their jobs. How is the economy getting better? How are jobless rates getting better? How is the employment vacancies getting better in the nation while we have a record number of people leaving their jobs? Does this make any sense to anybody right now? Because I truly think the Bureau of Labor Statistics and the Department of Labor at the federal level is trying to blow smoke up our you-know-what to try and say, oh, look, the economy's slowly starting to come back. I think they're using this bar model garbage that they're teaching second graders right now because I don't understand it. I mean, I do, but it does. I don't understand the application on why we're putting things in a bar when we literally just did the math problem right beside it two seconds ago. And while they try to confuse us with multiple steps for the same damn thing instead of just saying, here's how to do the math problem, now we have this type of information at the federal level probably that have gone through this type of educational system. Uh, the quits hitting a new series high going back to December of 20, 2000. We have record number of people that have quit their jobs. And by the way, most of it is in the, uh, the customer service industry, either in retail or in restaurants or in tourism. People don't want it right now where that industry has obviously been hit hard, extremely hard with the COVID-19 pandemic. We're trying to get those industries back on their feet while we're trying to give out these child tax credits and giving out additional unemployment benefits and trying to do this universal basic income and trying to do free college and what else we're trying to do. But while the hires declined, according to CNBC, by 439,000 jobs for the month, in which non-farm payrolls increased by 366,000, the higher rates fell by four, uh, fell to 4.3% for the 4.6. Government hiring also fell sharply during the month, down 1.4% from the 2.2. I know that's a lot of numbers thrown at you, but it, the numbers don't add up. The numbers don't make sense. 
And while we're trying to understand why they're trying to corrupt our kids, making things more complicated, making them do additional unnecessary steps, this is the kind of stuff that we get at the federal level, because if they can confuse you and try to understand the trends of these markets, then you don't want to follow along with it. And when you don't follow along with it, we can literally say, you know, yeah, unemployment's doing great. Everybody's out of work, but everybody's going back to work all at the same time. And we just don't care because we're trying to live our life and just do our thing and survive while they're raising the inflation and trying to kill off small business and private industry. That's their end goal. It's very frustrating and it's mind-boggling how they can report this stuff and we're just okay. Okay, fine, yeah. Uh, job openings declined. Job openings declined while more people are are quitting and actually leaving their jobs. How does that make sense? Because you'd think that if more people are quitting their jobs for whatever reason, they don't want to do that industry anymore. They're going back to college. They want to go back to the unemployment benefits. They just don't want to do that job anymore. They're protesting the COVID-19 vaccine mandates, which is starting to happen, by the way, as well. Then how are the job openings declining with less companies actually posting job opportunities for individuals? Things are a little loopy right now, man, and I just don't understand that. But I need some help as well with this bar model. because, And if you've never seen it, Google it. Google the bar model. It's stupid. I get it. It shows the box of where everything goes compared to the lump sum. I get that. That's an additional step that's just a waste of time. Just like these jobs reports. It's a waste of time. How many people are not in the workforce but not applying for the unemployment benefits that aren't showing up as a blip on the numbers because really our unemployment rate's sitting at around 40-plus percent right now? just to be honest with you. But they don't want to report those numbers because that wouldn't look good for the Biden administration, now would it? The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier with The Voice of Reason. Fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time. The progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom, abuse power, and trample the Constitution each and every day. That's why we need the knowledge, resources, and common sense to push back. And we can help with that. Visit our website at HoosierReason.com. There's some really great stuff for you. You can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events. Let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey. Keep track of what I might be doing or where I may be speaking. Listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show. And check out our latest Voice of Reason product infomercials. Plus, you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately. And finally, make sure to become a Hoosier-holic by subscribing to the free newsletter. Stay up to date on the latest news of the show, fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite, when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at HoosierReason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at HoosierMediaNetwork at gmail.com or find our contact information at HoosierReason.com. Miss Part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program, and here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online, helping you defend and preserve this great republic.
You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Radio, TV, live streaming, podcasting. I'm getting some messages coming in regarding some of them saying, no, pull them out, do the homeschooling. You can't fix the school system. You can't fix stupid. I, I mean, I get it. I get it. But ah, ah, it's just frustrating. Are we wasting our time? I mean, that's why our kids are so inefficient. They don't know how to do basic math without a calculator. They rely on the computers to do everything for them. The automated calculations, you just type in and boom, there it is. We need to learn these basics. And should we be learning how to build apps and do really smart computer things? Sure. I think we are behind the times on that. China, Japan, they're killing us on that field. India, definitely killing us on that field. We need to step up our game on that. At the same time, we need to learn the basics and understand the workings of the system. Again, I'm an operations guy. I'm an operations manager for a cluster of radio stations here in the Kansas and Oklahoma area, uh, starting my own business on the side as well that's kind of, you know, building operationally. I like to understand how the system works from the beginning all the way to the end. In radio, I like to understand where, when I talk into the microphone, where it goes and where how it's hooked up into a board, how it's sent out to a transmitter, how it goes out into the air, how people that are listening actually get to it. I like to hook up to make sure that when we're streaming online, how we get there, make sure it sounds good, how the process works to where if it breaks, I know what to look for. I am a nerd like that. I'm a geek like that. I like to understand the process. Explain to me in the process how a bar model of the math problem makes things easier instead of just complicates things and just redoes the same process again. Doesn't make any sense to me. You want to make things efficient as possible. Do the 50 minus 10 minus 20 or whatever. Boom, there's your answer. Move on. Now, okay, you did it. Now draw it into a box and draw it into a bar. Drives me nuts. In other news, let's get into what's trending. What do you say? What's trending today? I did my rant today and now I feel much better. Thank you. I'm just, I'm curious how you handle that with a child where they're not doing good in class like do you get mad at them for not doing it right or like you know that the system's not doing it right so are you like hey eh, look the other way but at the same time those numbers matter ah it's a very frustrating situation to be in on the other front i do have to give a massive kudos out to individuals that are finally t- uh, starting to take a stand we know there is a line that's drawn in society that when we get pushed beyond that line we get a little angry When they try to push that barren boundary of control and tyranny and dictatorships just a little bit too far, we stand up and we don't allow that. And I'm very encouraged because it's been, I think, gone too far. But maybe those that are in politics like us that are more active, that see it on a daily basis, we're a little more sensitive to things. So when we get that pushback, we respond first. But it takes the general population a little bit further to get to that point to say, wait a second, maybe we shouldn't be doing this. But I think we're finally starting to get there. I don't know if you're aware or not the issue with Southwest Airlines, but I have to give them major props. They had to cancel more than 1,800 flights over the last couple of days as the pilots union is suing over the COVID-19 vaccine mandate, forcing them to get the COVID-19 vaccine. Many of the pilots walking out. Now, of course, they blame the weather on it. Oh, the weather's really bad. But yet you look at the radar and there's really not a whole lot nationwide, but they're canceling 1,800 plus flights nationwide over the last few days. Many people stuck in airports waiting for Southwest Airlines to actually get back in operational. But thank God we have pilots that are standing up and saying, I am not getting this vaccine. It's my own personal choice. I choose not to do so. And if I don't want to get the vaccine, I don't have to get the vaccine. And if you're going to force me, then I'm going to walk out. And when you do a mass walkout... Nurses are starting to do it in hospitals. Pilots are starting to do it in the airplanes. Businesses are starting to do it with their own employees. While we have these 
this uh, attempt, maybe this is part of what CNBC is trying to cover up here. Who knows with the record 4.3 million workers quitting their jobs for the month of August. Are they trying to cover up the fact that people are sick and tired of the mandates because we've never, ever had to force individuals to get an injection in order to work? And we're finally hit that level where we're not going to take it any longer. The average American finally standing up and saying, I'm not dealing with this. So a huge prep to Southwest Airlines. Stick to your guns. Stay on this issue. Continue to sue. Continue to stand up and say, if you're making me forced to do this, I'm not going to work. And when enough people do it, the economy struggles. The government starts to panic a little bit and they could change their ways pretty quickly. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Stay here on The Voice of Reason. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. When Reason Meets Radio. You're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into it. Thanks for hanging out with us today, halfway through the program already. Trying to cram that 10 pounds of reason into that 5-pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. So we have the many industries standing up and saying, uh-uh, ain't going to fly. We're not going to take that COVID-19 vaccine if you mandate it. And it's causing some issues. We've had three days in a row now with Southwest Airlines that have canceled flights, more than 1,800 of them which is, I think, amazing. I mean, obviously, I feel terrible for the ones that are trying to fly, but this is what it takes. Well, I told you before, we have the power. It's not unions. It's not government. It's not people trying to represent us. You, as an individual, you have a power to actually make a difference in your own community and what you're trying to actually fight for. It's uh, They try all the time, our entire life, to try and make us feel helpless. You can't get a proper contract for your work unless you actually work for a union. You can't actually get ahead in life unless the government tries to assist you. They make you play the victim and they make you feel powerless to where you can't get ahead and succeed in your life. This is where we take it back. When enough people say, I'm done, I've had it, I can't do it any longer, then that's when they walk out. And that's why we're seeing flights canceled, the panic in the industry, and then they figure out, all right, what do we do? What do we do now? There are two things that could happen. They could say, all right, well, heck with it. We'll just get more people to come in and and work it. But these aren't just like entry-level minimum wage jobs. These are pilots that go through schooling to learn how to fly. So when specialists start to do that, that's when you start make differences. When you are the best in your industry and you say, I'm not going to deal with this, that's when they have to make a choice. So the Biden administration needs to reevaluate then and say, all right, are we going to continue to do this and cause havoc? You know what they're going to try to do, though? Is they're going to do the media push, the media blitz, the Biden administration blitz from Jen Psaki, 
or she's going to come out and say, well, it's the private sector's problems. If we could just control it in the public sector and government could just consume more of the industry, then we would fix these problems. Because you know them, they love to cause an issue and then say it's not their fault, but they have the solution. So just believe us and trust us and we'll take care of it. Don't you worry about a thing. Crazy world we live in. So will it work? I think so. Right now we also have out-of-stock issues. We have transportation issues and distribution issues. We cannot find enough truck drivers in this nation right now. We cannot find specialist truck drivers in the industries right now. Livestock in the agriculture industry, they can't get cattle to slaughterhouses because there's not enough truck drivers that know how to haul cattle to the slaughterhouses right now. You can't get certain things in grocery stores because there's not enough truck drivers to do it because there's not enough people in the industry. Is it partly because of COVID? I think it's partly because of COVID with the vaccine mandates, also because it's been an issue over the last year with people not being able to work and having uh, just distribution and material issues already as well. It's a crazy world we live in. We'll talk some more about that here in just a second. But earlier today, we sat down with Congressman Bob Latta from the 5th Congressional District of Ohio. We get our monthly update from him. He has the second breakthrough case in Congress that had COVID-19 after getting fully vaccinated. This is what he had to say with the voice of reason. Congressman, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you? Hey, doing really good. It's good to talk to you again. Now, uh, I got to mention it. We saw the headline just a couple weeks ago that you are the second official breakthrough case of COVID after getting vaccinated and uh, getting COVID. How are you feeling? Is everything all right? And uh, are you back at it now? Oh, yeah, I've been back at it uh, for well over uh, about a week ago Wednesday. And I was fortunate that I was had absolutely zero symptoms. Good. Uh, so I uh, was very fortunate. I, I didn't even, you know, again, I didn't know I had it. And the only reason I know I had it was because I had to get a test after I was in a meeting where somebody had said that they had uh, tested positive. So, other than, so you know, fortunately, uh, it was uh, not, I didn't even have, quote, unquote, a mild case. I, I didn't even know I had a case. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Well, that's good news. That's good news that you didn't have any symptoms. You just, uh, what do you have to do? Just quarantine for a week or so and then uh, move on? Yeah, I, it was about 10 days. And, uh, but so I, uh, you know, with Zoom and everything else, I we just uh, kept everything uh, running good. for the office. But uh, unfortunately, it, uh, you know, I'm on the road all the time in my district or someplace in Ohio about every day. And it really kind of put me back uh, on my schedule of being out in my district. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know that you're all over the place and you have town halls and talking to people constantly. So kudos to you on on that one. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad that uh, you didn't have any symptoms and uh, back at it. There's a lot of stuff in Washington, D.C. I got to pick your brain on right now because I got to admit, I was pretty frustrated a couple of days ago after hearing the news about the federal budget raising of the debt ceiling. Mitch McConnell a week prior saying, you know, if you're going to raise the debt ceiling, you're going to have to do it without Republican support because they needed that 60 votes with the filibuster. And then just not even a week later, he caves. We're going to do a temporary raising of the debt ceiling. We're going to spend all this ridiculous money. I got to admit, Congressman, I'm to the point, I don't care if we default on our debts. I don't care if we default on the economy. We have a credit card limit that is our debt ceiling. We can barely afford to even pay the interest on the debt we have as, as a nation already. I don't want to see a $5 trillion federal budget. What can we do to stop this stuff? Well, first of all, you're absolutely right. You're talking about the interest payments. The interest payments alone, if the way things are going, we'd be paying a trillion dollars a year just to pay interest on the national debt uh, wow. by the year 2031. Just, just so think about you. T- you know, think about you know when you 
bring up your credit card example. You bring the, you know, what do you do with that credit card? Uh, well, the, the, the store is going to not bring it back to you because they say you can't, you know, guess it's your, you're not paying on your card. Yeah. And so just think about a trillion dollars before we do anything else, defending, you know, paying for the military, anything in 2031, we're going to say, we're going to pay a trillion dollars right off the bat on our federal, uh, for the federal budget. And when you, plus the other thing is what the Democrats wanted to do is extend this thing out so far in the next year that they'd be unlimited, that they'd have unlimited, so they could just keep spending yeah. whatever they want to do. And, you know, so when you look at the $1.1 trillion infrastructure package, which is only 10% for roads and bridges, just 10%. So when the American people hear this, they think, oh, we're going to fix all these roads. No, we're not. And the next part of it is, is that, uh, you know, they want to spend $65 billion for broadband uh, development. And I'm all for it. I'm the, uh, for broadband. But when you look at their package, we never had one single hearing in the House representatives on that. <laughs> Zero. And so, uh, you know, where's this money going to go? How are they going to spend it? How are we going to have oversight? Are we going to overbuild in areas that we already have uh, broadband? So uh, when you when you look what the Democrats are out there doing, they, they, they people say we're going to be as bad as Greece. No, we're not. Greece could never get this bad. Yeah. Yeah, I've never seen anything this bad before, and we've spent a lot of money before, but you're right. When we have the $3.5 trillion budget, the $1.2 trillion infrastructure, $5 trillion total, and we don't know all the details that are in it, and the stuff they want to do, uh, as you mentioned, not even having committee hearings on these issues, it's concerning to me. What's really concerning for a lot of individuals that I've heard from as well is the bank accounts of having the IRS uh, track transactions in or out of any personal or business bank account over $600. Congressman, that's anybody that may get a direct deposit paycheck into their account is going to be reported to the IRS. This is insanity. Well, and again, this is this is just absolute socialism. This is absolute government takeover. Yeah, there's absolutely no reason that they would that they need to look into these things. You know, right now it's ten thousand dollars. You know, if you have a ten thousand, those are the types of things they're looking at. Right, but six hundred dollars. $600, and so every American is going to get snooped on by the IRS. What's the Biden administration want to do and the Democrats? Well, we're going to hire more and more IRS agents. Hey, are they getting back the American people's uh, IRS returns from this past year and getting their money back to them? It's taken months. And, you know, in some cases they're saying, well, we have to wait until next year. And we're, I can't tell you how many of these IRS cases my office is working on right now but instead of doing that, what are they doing? Well, we're going to stoop on there. Wow. I, it's unbelievable. I've never seen this before. We're talking with Congressman Bob Ladder from the 5th Congressional District. Is there a way to stop this? Is there any chance of negotiation, of sitting down at the table, trying to trim some of this down a little bit, or with the majority they have in the House Representatives and the, the bully pulpit they have to kind of work over some of the Republicans on the Senate side? Is this kind of a lock sealed and done? What kind of version of the bill that's there right now is what we're going to get? Well, last Friday, we sat till 6.35 in the evening until Pelosi finally gave up on the $1.1 trillion infrastructure package. You know, after Biden came up to the Hill and uh, to talk to the House Democrats, the, the House Socialists. And uh, so right now on that package, uh, you know, they're 
because the socialists are saying that they want that uh, combined with the 3.5 trillion. And in some cases, that 3.5 trillion could actually be 4.2 trillion dollars, not 3.5 trillion. And one of the things that we also that we didn't talk about, they spent 1.9 trillion without one single Republican vote at the beginning of this year. Wow. And that was supposed to be for quote unquote COVID relief, which is about six or eight percent for COVID, and the rest of it was just giving money away. Sure. So it, it, it we we are in, and you say, how can we fix it? Well, we're one year and a month away from the next election, and we're five seats short in the House. You know, it's tied in the Senate right now. Mansion, you know, said first said. Go, uh, he wouldn't go above $1.5 trillion in more spending. Now he's starting to break a little bit, it sounds like. Yep. But he, but I think he, the Americans, on the, all of us on the other side of where this is coming down, need to keep his feet to the fire because he said something really important. He said, you know what? We can't pay for the programs we have right now. Yeah. And that's Social Security and Medicare. And so all of a sudden you're going to add all this extra money out there? It's, it's, you can't do it. Yeah. Because if, if as you keep increasing this debt, we already owe foreign creditors seven trillion dollars. The Chinese, being one, having over a trillion dollars just for treasuries right now. All right, that was Congressman Bob Latta from the Fifth District of Ohio. Great conversation, and it went way longer than that. We had about another twenty minutes worth of conversation there, so we'll have that as an extended podcast uploaded after the program today that you can listen to and we'll have more about that we'll continue that conversation when we come back about the federal budget and more here on the voice of reason right around the corner stay here voice of reason with andy hoosier hey it's andy hoosier with the voice of reason fighting for conservative principles seems more difficult all the time the progressive left seems to find new and creative ways to limit freedom abuse power and trample the constitution each and every day that's why we need the knowledge resources and common sense to push back and we can help with that visit our website at hoosierreason.com there's some really great stuff for you you can read the latest blog discussing topical issues and current events let us know your thoughts by filling out our monthly survey keep track of what i might be doing or where i may be speaking listen to the podcast of your favorite guest or show and check out our latest voice of reason product infomercials plus you can find upcoming show schedules and guest lineups to plan your radio listening appropriately and finally make sure to become a hoosier holic by subscribing to the free newsletter stay up to date on the latest news of the show fun facts of the month, and learn new ways to defend and preserve this great republic. It's all there at HoosierReason.com. Again, HoosierReason.com. Go check it out. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do. Miss part of the show? Don't worry about it. There's plenty of ways to catch the program. And here's how you can do it. First, make sure to tune in every day right here on your favorite radio station. We're here for you. Second, subscribe to the podcast on any of your favorite sites. YouTube and iTunes, Spotify and Google Play, TuneIn, Podbean, and more. Have the show automatically downloaded to your favorite device. Last, visit our website at HoosierReason.com. You can listen to the podcast, catch our special features, and more. It's the voice of reason on radio, TV, and online helping you defend and preserve this great republic. Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. Want to reach out to the show? A big part of the program is you, and we want to hear from you. Let us know your thoughts of the show, maybe a guest we've had on the program, or my favorite when you disagree with something that I talk about. You can email me at network at gmail.com or send us a message through our website at hoosierreason.com. The show's not about me. It's about you. So be heard and be your own voice of reason. Again, email me at network at gmail.com or find our contact information at hoosierreason.com.
You're listening to the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Darn right, you are. Welcome back into the program. Wrapping up last few minutes here of the show. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks again to Congressman Bob Latta. Again, that interview went for about a half an hour. So if you want to hear the rest of it, you can. We'll have that as an uploaded, uh, extended special feature on the podcast. You can find us on any of your favorite podcasting sites at The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Tune in, all that good stuff, of course, at the website at HoosierReason.com as well. And interesting stuff with his discussion on the federal budget as they continue to debate that one. Now, there is some news that came out today, and this is where you know that this is going to be a tough challenge and we're not going to get very far with this. We know we're not going to be able to whittle down that $5 trillion federal budget into something that's actually reasonable of like $1 trillion, maybe a maximum. Now, we're talking $5 trillion right now. Again, we can barely pay on our interest. We have interest debts that we're paying on at $7 trillion right now, as the congressman said. And he's got a lot more information that if you listen to that extended interview that we did with him, you'll be able to hear all that. But this is when you know that we're not going to get very far in the negotiations to actually make something rational, reasonable, and commonsensical. I think this is where the Democrats have taken this whole bar model math of Common Core and tried to utilize this because their numbers just aren't adding up. It doesn't make any sense to me. But Bernie Sanders has, has come out today saying that the expanding Medicare benefits is non-negotiable in the package. Non-negotiable. You can talk about trimming out you know, the little fluff here and there, but the meat and potatoes that's costing us and bankrupting us as a nation, that Medicaid, Medicare expansion, that is non-negotiable as they move forward with the negotiations to the end of the year. And for those that aren't aware with this process, we have delayed this discussion to the end of the year and the end of December, which is ridiculous because we're in the new federal budget right now already. So we've extended a limited debt ceiling raising to the end of the year, and then we have time to, quote unquote, debate this this budget and then pass it in December. So what's going to happen is they're going to spend some time. It's going to go back to committees. It's going to go to the the House Appropriations uh, Committee. They're going to look at these things, they're going to debate, they're going to discuss, they're going to whatever, and it's going to get down right to the middle to the end of December when you and I are on holiday break and Christmas break and celebrating the holidays going into the new year, and they're going to be cramming, they haven't passed anything yet, they're going to blame Republicans for shutting down the government again, blame Republicans for not compromising and and working together and singing kumbaya, and then they're going to try and ram it through overnight and then pass this massive, ridiculous $5 trillion package. Andy, they're going to cut some stuff out. No, they're not. No, they're not. If, if expanding Medicare is non-negotiable, that's probably 60% of the entire budget right there. I mean, let's be honest. We have, again, if you're not familiar with the federal budget process, we have mandatory spending and discretionary spending, two separate parts of the federal budget. The mandatory spending is all the garbage crap social programs that we're not allowed to touch, we're not allowed to trim out. They grow 3 4 5 6% every single year. And when you try to say, hey, we can't afford them. Can we just grow up by 1% this year instead of 6 Then they say we're cutting it by 5% and killing people. That's how politics works. So now we have this already 60% of the federal budget in this mandatory spending category. We want to expand another program even more so within that program, and it's non-negotiable. That's the stance the Democrats and the progressives and the elites in Washington, D.C. have taken. Now the question is, will Republicans fight it? No, of course not, because we have Mitch McConnell, who said he was going to fight it, and then temporarily extended the federal debt ceiling and uh, uh, prolonged this discussion to the end of the year because, well, we didn't want to default on the economy. That's not on you, dude. 
It's not on you. You've done your part. You said just a week prior that if you're going to extend and raise the debt ceiling, you're going to do it without Republican help because you knew how much money was left. You knew the process. You've had five, six months to work on it. You knew it was coming up. And then it's a crisis at the end of the day, and it's Republicans' fault for not working with you. Uh Uh-uh. You knew it. We were very vocal about that. So if we default, then we default. And I think that we need a good default and a reset here in the country to kind of wake us up out of this. We have a AAA rating credit score for the country right now. It's time to knock that peg down a little bit. You can't maintain that when you can barely pay the interest on your credit card without even touching the balance of the actual debt that that you've accrued over the years. You can't sustain a bank account that way. You can't sustain a credit card rating that way. You can't sustain a country that way. So, no, we're not going to expand Medicaid. It is negotiable because it's not going to happen. And any Republican that votes for a bill with an expansion of Medicare in it, any Republican that votes for an expansion of Medicaid or Social Security or any government program, any Republican that votes for a free, quote-unquote, college, two-year college, or a free K-12 through or or kindergarten or pre kindergarten or whatever programs that they have any republican that votes for any government entity to pay for that garbage is out the door we're done with them we're not dealing with that crap anymore because we're over it and that's how we wrap up the show today podcast going up in just a little bit extended podcast with a special feature as well until then be your own voice of reason this is the voice of reason i'm andy hoosier we'll see you on the radio tomorrow Hey, it's Andy Hoosier. While you listen to the delightful broadcast of The Voice of Reason, don't forget to check us out and follow us on all of our social media sites. Whether you're using Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Minds.com, or Instagram, we're there for you. Find us at Hoosier Reason on any of your social media platforms. You'll see special commentary, links to the articles and news that we use on the show, and videos of the broadcast. Plus, you can directly send us a message on social media during the show to let me know your thoughts. Many already do, and it's a great chat room for all of our great listeners. And you can always sign up for the Patreon site to get exclusive content, maybe hear show products before we air them on the radio, and a lot more. And when you support us on Patreon, you also help the show be able to fight for conservative values each and every day. So it's a win-win. Just find us at Hoosier Reason on all of your social media platforms, or you can find a link to all of our social media sites on our website at HoosierReason.com. We know you're on social media already, so bring some reason into your day. Why? Because it's kind of the reasonable thing to do.